Welcome to My Aunt is a Nun, in honor of the Sisters of St. Joseph of Peace with the mission of peace through justice for 135 years. My name is Megan Bell, and my aunt is a Catholic nun. This podcast is my attempt to honor my aunt and the many women in her community. I grew up visiting my aunt, and I remember many summers at the convent where I ran the halls, swam in the lake, and played cards with the sisters. 20 years later, my two young boys run those same halls. The number of sisters is diminishing due to age and health, and every time we visit, the pews are less full, the dining room more empty, and the halls quieter. Having grown up with and around the sisters, they offer more than just prayers. They are steeped in wisdom and impart powerful lessons for the present moment, for whoever you are. These women are all nuns, but they are also Zen masters, poets, educators, professionals, and humanitarians. Here are my conversations with each of them. <clears throat> Stories that will enlighten, encourage, and guide you, and explore everything from anxiety to intimacy, prayer to politics, and poverty to justice. Here at POTUS, each day I read the news and pray for our democracy, our planet, present and future generations, the dignity of all life at all stages. I pray that our elected leaders, in this case you, understand the life and death impacts of our policy on real people. At 48, Sister Susan Francois is one of the youngest nuns at the Sisters of St. Joseph of Peace though she joined later in life when she was 32. She is a brilliant writer, internet savvy, and enjoys long discussions with friends about the latest sci-fi or fantasy. She especially loves Star Wars and Harry Potter because... Both of them really are about the power of myth and good and evil and uh, people coming together and having hope. Mm -hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's really kind of the same yeah. thing as religious life, in a way. Like the older sisters in her community, Sister Susan looks for hope and good in everyone. She is famous for tweeting a daily prayer to President Trump. She is often asked how she can keep it up every day. You know, really, honestly, you pray until you get to one nice thing you can say. In any situation, there has to be some level of commonality. Dear at POTUS, praying you will focus on the critical tasks before you in the service of our country to the best of your ability and lay conspiracies and personal agendas aside. While she didn't start as a traditionally young sister, she is part of the new changing face of sisterhood. Sister Susan really dug deep to find her way to the Sisters of St. Joseph of Peace. After living as a self-proclaimed agnostic, She didn't drift from Catholicism. She cut herself off. She began exploring the Quaker life and Buddhism. However, in the end, she found her way back to Catholicism via Progressive Parish in Portland, Oregon, that was run by laypeople. At the time, she was working for the government, but only finding fulfillment in her volunteer work, which was rooted in social justice. All of this led back to the Catholic Church. My church life was where all the joy was. 
And that's really how I um, explored religious life. Sister Susan was pleased to find a community where her feminist and social justice roots fit in nicely with the Sisters of St. Joseph of Peace. Her first ministry with CSJP 11 years ago was fighting human trafficking. She has a vast knowledge and deep understanding of the history of the sisters. She's a young sister, but in many ways as wise as the older sisters. You have to be true to the journey, but also don't cut yourself off just because you don't get it it all. Like questioning is the sign of a mature stance in the world. For this conversation, Sister Susan and I sit at a large round table in her office at the headquarters of the Sisters of St. Joseph of Peace. A large stuffed Yoda sits with us as well. Photos of her family fill every available space, and books are stacked high on the file cabinets. Sister Susan's glasses persistently slide, and she continues pushing them back in place. She is currently in leadership with my Aunt Sheila, helping run the business and navigating the future of religious life for the sisters, both young and old. Join me as we discuss being a younger sister at a time when fewer women are joining, being a global citizen, and what it means to be a nonviolent protester. Being a nonviolent resistance within the church, Mm -hmm. and that is my stance as a woman. As a sister who came of age with the internet, Sister Susan is in tune with the many things that are happening around the world. News, politics, global changes. But staying in tune requires a certain level of awareness, which can in turn create great levels of anxiety. I suffer from anxiety. Okay. Um, Always have. And not ashamed to say that now I get help from medication. Meditation mm-hmm. really helps mm-hmm. and prayer and that mm-hmm. contemplative life. So I think we have to be um, intentional of how we stay connected but not get overwhelmed. overwhelmed. Sister Susan is a bit famous for being the nun that tweets a daily prayer to the president. She was interviewed by many outlets, including the New York Times and National Public Radio. The election in 2016 created anxiety for many of us. In order to find calm, Susan was very intentional with how she stayed connected at the time. Early on in the administration, I'd say about the third day, uh, I had been visiting my father in Chicago. It was the beginning of where we're at, of what became um, presidency by tweet. And I, like many people, was just felt within myself crazy. I just knew that to act justly, um, in this administration, I needed something that would ground myself spiritually. And I thought, well, okay, this is 2017, whatever year mm-hmm. it was. And um, I need to pray for him. <laughs> it's my own spiritual grounding. And he's on Twitter, so I'm just going to do it there. Before I became um, a member of our leadership team, I was just finishing up graduate studies in ethics. And for some reason, I actually studied the ethics of resistance And a lot of what I looked at was the actions of ordinary Germans during the Nazi regime and Holocaust uh, and what led people to hold fast to human dignity in the midst of all of Mm. that um, inhumanity. And realized that part of it was we just have to speak out as long as we can speak out. So that is why I also do it publicly. It's a statement. You know, I really would like history to know that during this time of turmoil and disrespect, um, I have made a nonviolent attempt to be in relationship 
uh, with the President of the United States. Wow. Now, I don't send it to his personal account. Mm-hmm. I'm not really interested in getting into tweet fights. People argue with my prayers, and I don't get into those little <laughs> arguments. Dear Epotus, praying that you experience goodness and kindness in your own life. We all need that, and it can certainly be transformative if we receive it with open hearts. Praying. Sister Susan's tweets are at POTUS. At POTUS is archived at the National Archives and Records Administration, or NARA for short. NARA is responsible for archiving each social media post from the administration. Sister Susan chose at POTUS over at real Donald Trump because she wants a historical record of her prayer tweets. So with that tweet practice, do you see then that that is prayer as an act of social justice? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a number of things. I think it is definitely an act of social justice in that I'm doing it publicly, on the record, and... From time to time, when there's just something I really can't believe happens, they've been a little more focused and maybe a little less uh, compassionate. The practice is to try to get to as much of a stance of nonviolence as I can. (laughs) And that in itself, I think, is an act of justice Mm -hmm. in that we are often too reactionary and then embody what we don't like in our response. So I think in terms of it as a political act... um, it's, it's perhaps more of like a, a philosophical, spiritual stance that I'm trying to resist internally. On her blog, she states... I think the newsworthiness of my daily practice says more about how folks yearn for civility and creative responses to our unusual times than it says anything about me being particularly newsworthy. Sister Susan's goal with the tweets is to show and teach a sense of compassion. In our current culture of divisiveness, a sense of compassion seems rare. It is particularly hard when you don't agree with another person's actions or behavior. Susan's tweets are a teaching moment for us all. I did get some people reach out to me, and one woman reached out to me and said that actually in confession, she was just sharing how angry she was at the administration. And the priest told her to look me up and just look at what I was doing. And so she did, and she was like, how do you do that? And so I said, you know, really, honestly, you pray until you get to one nice thing you can say. I think in any situation, there has to be some level of commonality. Dear Epotus, praying this morning that you and all your leaders recognize the impact and power of your example for good or bad. Actions have consequences, and so too do negative, toxic, derogatory, and inflammatory rhetoric. May you, we, choose the side of good. Sister Susan's journey into religious life was a much different experience than the path of my aunt, Sheila. While my aunt and many of the women of her generation joined religious life when they were in their late teens, Sister Susan in her late teens chose to leave the Catholic Church. She spent this time discovering who she was and what she believed in. 
While she didn't find the answers to all of her questions, by the time she was ready to enter, she had a solid belief in what she was doing. This was when she experienced not her calling, but her magical moment. So I was um, exploring religious life. I'd been going up to Bellevue to hang out with the sisters at St. Mary's and also um, still working in City Hall in Portland, uh-huh. like living this double life for a while. Duality, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And then one day I remember um, being in the bathroom of City Hall and looking in the mirror and just being like, I'm going to become a nun. And it was just this like... There was clarity. Yeah. Even though I'd already known... Given her exploration after leaving the Catholic Church, then finding her way back, I wanted to understand what Catholicism means to her. Well, the word Catholic, whether it's a small C or a big C, means universal. Then also, given the global um, nature of the church, but um, just to think of the fact that the Mass that we went to this morning here is being celebrated in the Congo, in Japan, in Australia, everywhere. The world is here, and the world is in the church. And that, to me, is such a hopeful sign, you know, that God created all of us. Right. And the Spirit, I think, is is behind something's going on there. Yeah. The Catholic Church is universal and global, and so are the new faces of religious women. Susan points out that the future of religious women is not dying with the elders, but shifting in demographics and place. And if you look at the faces of the newer members now, you'll see one big difference, that most of us are not North American or European women, because that is what's happening in the world. We have all this migration in the world. The center of the church is moving to the global south. I was at a conference this summer where there were over 80 sisters under 50, from 33 different congregations and all different races and ethnicities and cultures. There's so much cool energy. The wisdom of our elders is that they have had us collaborating and connecting from the very beginning. And so the future that's emerging of religious life, um, it's not going away. It's growing smaller and more interconnected. Sister Susan is my aunt Sheila's roommate. They have a 32-year age difference, as Sister Susan does with most of the women she lives with. And while they share many of the same wisdoms and beliefs, this creates a unique and positive intergenerational community experience for everyone. Does the age difference ever make you feel uh, alone or misunderstood? It's a dynamic, for sure. Uh, I feel like I'm always translating. Uh, My generational perspective is different. You know, there were whole decades that they weren't paying attention to pop culture. Um, for myself, like Star Wars and Harry Potter are part of my worldview. There's a Yoda on my windowsill over there. Um, you know, uh, Kristen, I remember when she was sick and I was watching The Princess Bride and she'd never oh, seen it or knew what it was. My favorite all-time movie. And so like, there's that cultural disconnect mm-hmm. of generations. At the same time, there's like the awesomeness of being steeped in all of that wisdom. What I noticed from the beginning was when I visited with our sisters and stayed with our sisters, I laughed. It was joyful. It, there's a connection mm-hmm. that is beyond explanation. And mm-hmm. so I think that's why we have this 2,000-year tradition mm-hmm. of religious life mm-hmm. and its evolution. Um, personally, I have known some absolutely incredible wisdom women. 
Every sister I've interviewed believes that not only is it necessary, but the time will come when women will be more prominent in the church. Sister Susan believes that how and when that change will come about depends on several factors. Do you think there is ever a time where the women will be more prominent in the church? complicated. Um, We live in a patriarchal society and we have a patriarchal church. Mm -hmm. There is a history of women ordained as deacons within the church. And so right now I think that's where the um, conversations and the dialogue are um, at the Vatican. And then the global nature of our church and cultures that may or may not be prepared for that. So so it's difficult. Like I think if we don't go that way, we're going to lose a lot more people because generationally the patriarchal structures that made that an assumption now make it a question. Great. (laughs) Um, Right. uh, I think that Jesus proclaimed the gospel through his life and with his followers who were men and women, and women were at the foot of the cross, and Mary was the apostle to the apostles. Many nuns are aunts, and Sister Susan is no exception. Much like my relationship with my Aunt Sheila, Susan's nieces and nephews often defer to her to understand the role of women in the church. My little um, nephew, who has always known me as a sister, he asks me questions mm-hmm. periodically, mm-hmm. you know, or, or um, so he's, he's nine now, but when he was going through First Communion and he was wondering why women couldn't be priests, my sister had him call me, and you <laughs> try to get me to tell him, you know. Sister Susan is the nun who tweets a daily prayer to President Trump, but her acceptance of the power of prayer was a journey of reflection very similar to her journey back to Catholicism. And I don't claim to be an expert in prayer, but my own evolution. Um, so when, in the time when I came back to the church, my mother was very, very sick. Mm-hmm. Um, she ended up dying of cancer. In any case, I really was very angry with God. And um, felt like my prayer, like, why am I praying? This keeps happening. At the same time, I had become like ultra, ultra church geek. So I was still coming to Mass, but it was clear to anyone who was paying attention, which was my pastor, that I was having some issues. And uh, I just remember he reached out to me at one point and, you know, like, I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> How are you doing? And I was like, you know, I'm pretty pretty pissed off at God right now. And he gave me this insight. He was like, you know, that's a pretty intimate feeling. And read the Psalms. That's all he said to me, was read the Psalms. And I had never really been into the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And as I read them, there are some people in there who are really pissed off at God. Like, there are some really intimate emotions in there, like, Woe to me, how are you doing this? Where are you? Just very intimate, intimate relationships. Mm -hmm. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel. Psalm 22, 1 through 3. And so somehow, 
over that winter, um, my prayer moved from being angry because the puppet master God didn't fix what I wanted to fix, um, to understanding that God, like Jesus, God with us as a human being, Mm -hmm. suffered, knows suffering, is with us in the suffering. God with us is literally what Emmanuel means. So I think somehow going through that suffering and having a spiritual guide, just that common sense of, of faith, of connection, of openness, of wanting to embody love and mercy and mm-hmm. compassion, um, which at its best moments is what's behind that tweet practice. Dear at POTUS, praying that you experience goodness and kindness in your own life. We all need that and it can certainly be transformative if we receive it with open hearts. Praying. Standing publicly is one of the many nonviolent ways these religious women are influencing social justice and change. Sister Susan is standing publicly with her tweets and her presence as a woman. In the past, the sisters built hospitals and schools and served as nurses and teachers. Now they pass legislation for the poor, run hospitality houses for refugee women, help homeless women get back on their feet, and the list goes on. Sister Susan is working with my Aunt Sheila on leadership and creating connections both small and systemic. Through the vow of poverty, the sisters pool their salaries into a shared pot and also use their finances to support others through missions and more recently, responsible investing. That means that we um, use our role as shareholders in different corporations to speak up at shareholder meetings, to file um, resolutions for shareholders, and then also um, to be in corporate dialogues for justice. So for example, we're involved with the Northwest Coalition for Responsible Investment in Seattle. And one issue that they've been working on is gun control and gun safety. Sister Susan is known for her activism. Another well-known activist in this community is the founder, Mother Frances Clare, who founded the Sisters of St. Joseph of Peace in 1884 on the basis of serving the needy and standing up for justice. She was a very um, complicated, controversial figure. She had a habit of speaking truth to power. Another founding principle is to evolve with the needs of the time. Now is a big time for change. As the sisters age, the leaders, which include my Aunt Sheila and Sister Susan, are overseeing that evolution. As my Aunt Sheila says, the newer, younger sisters desire to work more on the front lines for the poor and those on the edge of society. Sister Susan is not only the new face of religious life, she is carrying forward the vision of Mother Claire. At POTUS, 662 days later, still praying you experience goodness and kindness and choose to be good and be kind in return. A kind or thoughtful word goes a long way and a prudential choice of words is less likely to wound. Spark conflict of cause, markets to drop. Praying.
Thank you for joining my conversation with Sister Susan Francois. As one generation exer to another, it is not inconceivable to question our place in the world. Susan has taught me it doesn't take much to be an effective social activist. In fact, it can be as small as being a presence that creates awareness or as big as speaking truth to power. Just look for the commonality. Join me on my next episode of My Aunt is a Nun when we meet Sister Kathleen Pruitt, a Zen master and one of the founders of the King County Drug Rehabilitation Program. As I launched this podcast, a pandemic changed life for all of us. I would like to read another tweet from Sister Susan's feed. Dear at POTUS, praying that you and all leaders manage to govern and communicate with civility and honesty during this crisis. We all need that. While you may not have an aunt as a nun, now a nun in the pocket you have. This podcast was produced by Megan Bell and Carrie Watson. Sound design, musical curation, and additional editing by Charlie Spears. Theme music by William Stover.